This is Radio Free Istvan. The following public service announcement is direct from the Praetorian. Do not look directly at the Black God machines. Any dreams of paradise should be duly ignored and combat stims taken immediately. Remember, all defectors will be shot on sight. Emperor protects. What's going on, Radio First Fan listeners, and welcome to episode 174 of the Radio First Fan podcast, a Horse Heresy Wargaming podcast. Mm. My name is Michael. I got my co-host Derek here. Let's see what's going on, Derek. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. And my announcement on the episode was so jarring that it scared Red, the cat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she took off she so bolted. quick. Uh, what's going on, guys? We got a great episode for you. Uh, some pretty simple stuff. We're going to do some uh, Discord updates, talk about what's been going on in there. Uh, we have to want to take a, a minute to talk about some of the BB Miniatures uh, White Scars thing. Yeah. We'll, we'll go into a little bit more mm. on that. Uh, then we're going to go into some hobby progress, what we've been working on, some of the cool things we've seen and been doing. And uh, all last, we're going to talk to Derek a little bit and talk about the Lee Jonas Astartes Battle Group box. Yeah, that was the Mark III box that just came out. I uh, got my hands on one, and uh, we'll see what I think. Yeah, so first things first, let's do some uh, Discord updates. Uh, www.warhammerdiscord.com. Uh, you have, if you enter on the release of this episode, you'll probably have mere hours <laughs> to <laughs> enter into the Orktober competition, painting competition, and the, uh, the dark painting competition. Now, I've seen some terrifying stuff coming in that side of yeah. the dark side, uh, especially that ghoul thing. I don't know what that was. The, the Sigmar uh, one? Yeah, that thing was terrifying. Uh, and paid it up very nicely. So you got a few hours to make an extremely uh, strong case for your model. <laughs> uh, but uh, we should be releasing the uh, next category here pretty soon. Uh, and then once we drop that, uh, that's going to start November 1st all the way until uh, November 30th. So uh, go jump in that now. Go check it out. www.warhammerdiscord.com. In your browser, it'll take you right to the Discord page. It's a good time. All sorts of stuff is happening in there. Um, I think, dude, like looking at that right now, right? Because we've been hanging out in the, the the general quite a bit. I've been playing Tabletop Simulator in there a lot. And uh, like seeing the work in progress come through, there's a lot of people doing the work in progress. A lot of people are doing the Legion, like the list review uh section and then uh that mental health section has been very busy oh yeah and and we're just getting closer and closer to the holidays it's true man (laughs) it is true i will say guys if you uh, check on your friends (laughs) just check check on your friends the ones you don't think you need to check up on you check up on them too uh give it a shot guys especially if you're feeling down there is a place for you uh we will hang out with you we will talk with you and if you're feeling down you feel like you need to get it out and vent to somebody uh you can hop into that uh, mental health chat that we do have it does have an anonymous feature using the voltaire bot and you can anonymously post in there and just get whatever is on your chest and, and bothering you maybe if you just need some advice i've seen a lot of that lately where there's oh, people yeah. out there that just kind of need some advice just need some some helpful pushes or maybe even some uh uh some grounding right grounding support just whatever you need yeah it's there there's a lot of uh people that have been in the same shoes as some of these guys and uh 
seeing the support being offered up in that group is uh, is something we've never had <laughs> as a yeah. podcast, right? Like what, yeah, that, what? That's huge. Just seeing that just dedicated feature. So uh, love it. I mean, also as well, if you want to go in there, learn how to paint, you want to go in there, post up uh, your food, post up your pets. It's all there. It's a. It's probably. Uh, one of the craziest new features of uh, Horse Heresy 2.0 and the Radio First Fan Podcast is that entire Discord. It's very nice. I, oh, yeah. Just I'll a way like to kind of get exactly what you need from the community and the dedicated space for it. It's excellent, man. Very happy for it. Uh, that being said, I did want to talk uh, jumping out of that Discord. And one of the biggest things that is in that Discord right now is powerful, powerful BB miniatures from the Pro Palette. Yeah. Okay, if you go a few back episodes, uh, I think it's like 157, 156, we actually talked to the uh, BB miniatures, and he went out of his way to make a dedicated Radio First, for the Radio First fan listeners out there, he made a White Scars episode, How to Paint White Scars, uh, using the... Beautiful work. Yeah, yeah, it's incredible work. Uh Using horse heresy models, definitely wanted he wanted to bring these white scars to life. We actually had a Discord poll to see, hey, what would you like to see painted? What do you think would be the best legion to learn how to paint? And white scars won the poll. He shows you how to take like this green shadowing into this like creamy white, and it uh, it absolutely pops. So I would say go check that out. We do have it posted, the link up on our Facebook. Uh, but you can also just head over to YouTube, go to BB Miniatures. And if you want to join his community to try and get a little bit deeper in that learning process, he does also offer uh, classes under the Pro Palette name. It's called the Pro Palette. Yeah. And you could actually pay monthly to get access to all of his videos, his Discord, the groups that, uh, that he has set up, and then also those... Uh, uh, those one-on-one tips from him directly. So uh, go check it out, guys. It is uh, it's a excellent service. Fantastic resource. Fantastic resource. So, uh, yeah, those are the updates that I wanted to give. Um, Hell yeah. What have you been working on, Derek? So lately I've been kind of rounding out my post-war zone sabbatical with some battle tech. Oh, nice. Yeah, I've been posting up in the Battletech work in progress. Uh, Marauder 2 I've been painted up. Check that out right now. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah, just got a cute couple games into that, kind of getting used to the system and uh, doing a little better every time, but still getting absolutely rocked. Uh, the faction I kind of wanted to paint up typically runs mostly assault mechs, so typically going to be outnumbered. That's some nice edge highlighting on that thing. Thank you. Uh, Locker calls that my bougie black because it's just a black primer and then the Games Workshop Corvus black, which is out of print, and then Secret Weapon Tire black, which is no longer in, like, it is no longer a a company in service. No, yeah, they got bought out by... uh, So I think uh, Elric's... Yeah, Elric's Hobbies bought out. Has their bases, but they don't... uh, the the, The paints are no longer in production. As far as I'm aware. Yeah, that tire black actually looks like the uh, coal black from P3. Yeah. It's like that bluish. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I like it. Uh, I think I got that one specifically like in an Adepticon swag bag a couple years ago. And I think that's where I got mine. Yeah, and that's been my go-to black ever since. Uh, if you're interested in that and you don't ha- if you run out, 
the monument hobbies version of that is Payne's gray. Okay. Yeah. 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 Cause you were talking about using that one for, yeah. 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 I use a, a Payne's gray for that, for that level of black. That yeah. It, bluish, bluish, man. It's just been such a fun palette cleanser. Cause going to that model, like getting used to the scale has been very interesting. It's very rough. It's very rough for me. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm thinking I've got a pretty good handle on it. I'm just doing little things like trying to pick out details that aren't f- actually physically there and just like do stuff like take like the legs, like the, the back knees, they've got this like huge rotor and I'm like going in and try to put like a brake pad rotor look <laughs> just on the flat part on the inside. Yes. And then just take little panels. Like, let me put a vent here instead and just paint a vent over it. Very just, cool. Just like dab little details here and there. And it's been a blast. I've been doing that. I've got an annihilator. I've been doing the same process too. Uh, it it's just been fun. And then a little bit of the the lights on the lasers, the canopy. A lot of people were real uh, giving me compliments on the canopy, and I'm I'm glad they think it looks good. Yeah, you did that little like uh, lit up from the top right effect to it, right? Yeah, where I've got the the highlight in the bottom left, and then it kind of fades up, and then just a dot of white opposite. Yeah, it's very cool. It does look like an actual like a uh, lit up window from the sun. Hell yeah! So you said you've been getting your butt kicked in this game, or what? Oh yeah. So the faction, like the specific battalion I'm going with, typically runs assault mechs, which means I'm gonna be outnumbered, and I have been feeling it. Mm. Just having people just running circles around me and just kicking me in the back of the shins. Yeah. What's funny is, uh, like, I, I ran a very similar list to that at a Heresy Camp where I just kind of ran just all big mechs mm-hmm. and everybody else action economy me like crazy. Right. For sure. And that first salvo of hits you take, you're like, Oh, I've got so many dots left. I'm fine. <laughs> and then it's like the second salvo. You're like, Oh, hold on, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> and then, uh, because your guns are so large, you like point them at a single model and just, annihilate it you're like <laughs> you idiot and then you're like wait hold on there's 17 more little guys running around well, me so the most damage that my marauder's been putting out has been from kicking mechs in the head yes <laughs> just anytime it comes up on somebody prone or if i can abuse the uh, abuse elevation yep oh yeah uh, i've yet to land a kick on something that uses the punch table and not hit that six to get a hedge headshot Hell yeah, man. That's a uh, solid. So you've been doing a, uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, like where you pick the shot? Uh, not even a call. No, I just been throwing that dice and just dropping a six. Oh, so, okay. Okay. <laughs> like I'm going to kick your mech in the head. They're like, all right, you still got to roll it. Boom. Six hundred <laughs> tons straight to the face. What are you going to do about it? <laughs> Foot through, <laughs> through the body. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. Uh, Brian was actually in the chat the other day. He was giving us some crazy stories about his uh, his battle tech experience and all the nonsense that they did back in back in the day. Oh, it's yeah. so it's so crazy because like the rules just haven't changed that much or like they, at they've all. like evolved a little bit, but it's been like FAQ updates, not like a rules change. And I that's one thing that I like about it is I know if I put battle tech down, do a bunch of heresy, you know, get into legions imperialis, do whatever I got to do, I can come back and battle tech will be recognizable. Yeah, your exact same models that you had in 1992 will be the models that you can use yeah. in 2032. Exactly. So that's pretty neat, man. Yeah. It, it, it's been it's been a blast. Is there quite a bit of players in the league playing that? Or? Yeah, so Bud at the shop has been just drumming up hype for it, and everybody's been like, 
Yeah, five, four or five mechs. I can do that. Hell yeah. And it's a thirty sixty two, right? Is the time frame you want to play? Like uh, the right at the Civil War? Right. I think right at the end of the clan invasion. I think we're starting with a Tukade. Tukade, however you pronounce it. The the big climactic battle of the clan invasion. Okay. Okay. And then he was talking about if people want to keep it going, we can start moving forward in the timeline. A lot of people keep finding really cool mechs that are like six months away from being developed in the yes. timeline. Yeah. Oh yeah. And you are uh, y'all are playing what thousand ton or what battle value are y'all playing? Uh, I think we're doing a ten thousand battle value, mm. but we've been doing five thousand value like learning games. Okay. Okay. Got one of those in the other day with uh, John Rich, and we played like a five thousand point game. So I only had two mechs. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> and uh, he ganged up on one and got like a couple couple quick little headshots, and that's all it takes. Oh my goodness! Especially some call shot headshots too. No, he just dropped a. Oh, he just, just everybody just getting lucky, huh? Like, yeah, here's, <laughs> well, that's kind of how my ba- games have been going. Uh, my Timberwolf, another Timberwolf, just hit it with the missiles, and then three salvos of missiles just went to the head. It's like, well, not much you can do about that. <laughs> just CTE immediately <laughs> for your pilot. <laughs> just well, no, just fifteen damage. Yeah, CTE. <laughs> yeah, he's not. He's not gonna be normal for a few more. <laughs> Next Thanksgiving, he's not gonna be normal. <laughs> I, t- I promise that much. That and then a uh, Goss rifle to the head. Will. Mm. Uh, poor, poor rifleman. I tried to. So, like, I, I've been a uh, like I have my little dashers over here that I wanted to paint red mm-hmm. just because of. Uh, I've kind of love the bold pyroli red from uh, from Monument. It's a hot red. I'm looking and at it right now, and it's like they're tearing ass across the table. Yeah, they're just bright as hell. Well, I won't ever lose them. Uh, but I, I, it meant I had to step away from the Clan Ghost Bears and into Clan Hell Sources. Okay. The Gamma Gamma Galaxy. I really just went through the uh, uh, little painting thing, and I give just, me give me a red. Oh, give me a red that's clan because <laughs> I want to <laughs> use uh, I want to use my hunchbacks. So, mm. yeah, I uh, I learned what that do. Yeah, they're pretty sweet. A little boombox hunchback. Like, all right, I'm just gonna run up on you. It's like, all right, well, I'm just gonna jump behind your Marauder too. Uh, have fun. Mm-hmm. And I'm probably gonna overheat oh. back here, so you better die, please. <laughs> so that's fine. You just double tap those uh, Ultra AC twenties and. Usually that's uh, pretty much what you need. Damn right. You don't need peripheral vision for these guys. And then after the game, I found out the Marauder 2 that I'm using can just take all of its guns and point them backwards. Like, that'd be nice to know. That's why, like, how do you even find that out? Like, you've got to be like a skilled battle techer to even know that, I feel like. Well, Bud was just like taking the mechs we were using and looking up their quirks because we weren't using quirks at the time because we're still kind of getting into it. I don't even know what that word means. It's just like special rules that stuff gets. Like uh, narrow, the Marauder gets narrow. So if you hit, like, like if you roll exactly what you need to hit or one more than that, I take half damage. Oh, okay. Because, you know, it's angled kind of like a fighter jet. Yeah. So you're not hitting the armor directly. You're like hitting it at an angle. Right. Yeah. If you don't do well enough to hit, I just take half damage. Oh, that's very cool, man. I'm like, damn, that'd be nice to know. Just pling off of you, just just like a Russian tank. Yeah, <laughs> just, just like a glancing hit. Yeah, that's very cool. And then the top mounted gun has a some whatever the mount on it is can just swivel all the way back. 
And then because of the way the arms are set up, the arms can do that too. You say, get over here. Do you take any penalty to shooting because you're shooting directly behind you or no? Uh, I don't know. Oh, okay. Cool. I'm just doing what they tell me I can do. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Yeah, I'm just having fun with it. I'm not like getting super deep into it. It's Although like, I do keep finding like really cool mechs. I'm like, ooh, I wonder how those work. <laughs> Is it long range, short range? I don't know. I'm shooting behind me, bro. <laughs> I'm just, it's up, everything's upside down on my cameras. So I don't, I don't even know, to be honest with you. But yeah, other than that, I've been digging in with the Legions of Stardis battle group box, which we'll get into later. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that's going to probably form the basis of my Death Guard. Oh, so you are going to be starting some Death Guard pretty soon then. Yeah, that's this is kind of what I've been waiting on to get that project going. Yeah. That's pretty exciting. Uh, uh, is there a... Like, have you got your like little paint area set up finally? Or are you just kind of... I'm still kind of going with this ad hoc thing I got going. Eventually, I am going to have to get all the furniture out of that room so I can start addressing, like electrical and a bunch of other stuff. And I'm going to see if I can't just move the desk somewhere else and paint over there or just jam out all my airbrush work before I have to move stuff. You should have heard us roasting Brett in the, uh, in the lot or the general chat the other day. Oh yeah. So Brett from Canada, the one that came down for, uh, yeah, uh, for Warzone. It was a good time. Uh, he's lot like he was painting in his room and he uses a headlamp to paint. Okay. And we were like, why do you have like a headlamp? He says, because he doesn't have any desk spaces or plugs to, to kind of give him a proper hobby area. So he just has this little headlamp that he uses to light up. And that's why he takes pictures of everything in his fridge is because he doesn't have the proper lighting. And he actually showed us with his webcam. He showed us this light. That's like basically one of those boob lights on the ceiling. Uh-huh. The ceiling titty. <laughs> yeah. The ceiling titty. And like no light, like it's like I'm like dang, Brett's over there painting by candlelight. <laughs> I was like, go ahead, go ahead and turn up that. Uh, and the only reason I made fun of him is because his girlfriend actually bought him this really nice desk light to paint by. Yeah, he just hasn't unboxed it. Like it's in one of the top rooms. He hasn't unboxed it and made room on his desk. So he, he left it in the corner of one of his photos. And you're like, hey, Brett, what's this? No, he told us. He was like, <laughs> he's like, no, I have her. I just I haven't set it up yet. We're like, Brett, stop painting by lantern. Like, just go take your torch it's, upstairs to go find the. It's that region beta paradox, man. I'm telling you, dude. If the situation's not bad enough for you to get up and change it, you're not going to get up and change it. Sometimes you're better off if it's a little worse, so you you rectify the situation. I'm going to go take your headlamp so you go get that <laughs> nice desk lamp that your girlfriend got you <laughs> just sitting in your house not doing anything. I will say using the fridge as a light box does make a certain kind of sense. Hey, man, that's a... Uh, I'm not going to knock that. That's one of those, like... No, no, that's something we learned level. from the Discord. I have an empty... <laughs> I have an empty shelf in my fridge just in case. There you go. <laughs> that is the best light box that you can get. Uh, somehow, somehow that works out very well. So, but yeah, no, Brett's in a very similar situation to you. Yeah, except man, he's headlamping it, it right it now. It's rough. It's going to be nice when I'm done. I'm ready got, for it. I've got two extension cords going into that room to power the the FDM printer and the airbrush. <laughs> Boy, did they get hot. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had to use two because I don't want to be on the same circuit because I don't want to like trip the breaker and then like lose a print. Yeah, no, that's smart. Especially now that it's starting to get cold and we got to look into the heater situation. Oh, yeah. Your gas heater, though. 
Or you're talking if about... If I can't get it, you know, it's a very, very old gas heater. So if I can't get the pilot light lit, then we're plugging something in and tripping breakers all day. Explain to me this gas heater. Is it like the one with the white, like, stones that heat up? Or is no, it like a... It, it's like a... just. It's like a central air HVAC system that uses oh. the gas for the, the heating element. Oh, okay, okay. And it is an incredibly old unit that... Uh, Honestly, only is still in service because of how well it was maintained. Okay, so more than likely the the thermo couple the thermo couple that's in there is not seeing your pilot light to keep it on. Is what it sounds like is going on. I don't know. I haven't looked at it. I went up there today to see what it takes to light the pilot light. Right. And I haven't like troubleshoot it. I haven't turned it on yet. So like when you push the button to like get the gas going, right? Mm-hmm. And then you. Normally, there's a little window to see if it's lit. I can't find it. Okay, okay. So, yeah, so... so We'll see. I might be hitting up the uh, Handy Person Questions channel on the Discord a little bit. You have to get in your attic to light it up? Yeah, I got it. There's, like, a closet on the second floor, and I got to crawl over the unit to get to the side that has the uh, gas controls on it. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, there, there's definitely... So, like, I've had to deal with this before, is, like... So you're, you're, you're like, it re- it gives a little bit of gas, right? Okay. It gives a little bit of gas to ge- keep that pilot light going. Mm-hmm. Okay. But there's a, if you look to where that pilot light is, there's a little black thermocouple that like sits right on top of that, uh, uh, sits right on top of where the actual flame is. Okay. And it has to detect heat in order to keep that gas on or else it'll close. And that's just a safety thing. It's a safety thing. So it thing. doesn't just so pump gas like gasoline in, or pump uh, natural gas in there until... Yeah, well, what happens up. is... So, like, say this is your flame, right? Yeah. Okay, you got this little guy that's staying hot. Yeah. Well, after so much time, this will get, like, carbon on it mm-hmm. and get blacked out into where it's not heating up the same level. And so what you can do is you can clean that off. And then what you can do is you can actually... Because what will happen is you'll you'll go ahead and hold the pilot light. You'll light up the flame... And then as long as you're holding the pilot light, uh, turn on, t- like on. Like to the ignite position. Yeah, to the ignite position. It's going to release gas. It's going to let gas flow through. You light it. It You put your, let's, whatever you're going to ignite the light with, right? So if it's electrical, you can push the button to, or you can actually take a, a some, some kind of flame, a, a lighter, put it in there and start it. And then what you have to do is you have to hold that for like a very long time until you heat up that little thermocouple that's right there. Okay, that and, makes sense. And then uh, once that gets hot enough, it'll you can let go and it'll let that. You know, it'll, it'll keep letting gas through to the system. Yes. Okay. But, <laughs> excuse me. You. Sorry for you headphone users. Um, but uh, if that doesn't work, you can also like just preheat that thing. Okay. Just use your use your uh, lighter lighter to preheat it. Yeah, I'm still looking for where the physical <laughs> bless you again. Uh, still looking for where the physical like pilot light is, so okay. I can see whether or not it's lit. Yeah, but uh, I think I'll try getting that done tonight when I've got somebody there to help me like run to the thermostat and just do the legwork while I'm on the other side of the unit. Yeah, Facetime me if you get if you get lost. Okay, so uh, I'm on Android, but. I'll oh, figure something uh, out. Whatever that, however that works. <laughs> uh, video call me on Discord. <laughs> Actually, do it on the, do it in the general, so we can all help. 
So what else do you got? Um, I think that's pretty much it. Just house stuff. Uh, getting her- getting ready for my new Heresy project, and then just having a good time with BattleTech. Having a great time with BattleTech. Well, that's fun. Hell yeah. Uh, I have been. So I had a, a couple of projects that I had to complete since we last talked. Uh, uh, you actually dropped off my uh, my got, grot tank, yeah, with the sliced up War Master Titan toe in a uh, cobalt a keep. cobalt keep case. Uh, appreciate that. That worked out perfectly. Yeah, man. And then uh, after that, I finished up my pink space marine for neath miniatures like tiktok thing and then uh that weekend since we last recorded was the weekend that we went to battle pub yes to go compete in a uh, 40k a 40k rogue rogue trader uh, RTT. RTT, okay. Yeah, but it was ITC. Like, it was still Best Coast Pairing. And yeah, all that like, stuff. A, like a competitive 40K event. Yeah. That was uh, super, super, like, organized. Like, the way that everything works out with oh, uh, yeah. Best Coast Pairing. I like how Battle, Tub, Battle Pub puts on events. Yeah, so, like, it's one of the things that, like, I think, you know, talking about that and, like, talking about, like, you know, the heresy, I know that... I've brought up plenty of times that the, especially because I work in data science, right? Like everything that I do is going to be uh, real analytic driven. You know, a lot of data driven things is how I live my work life. That is what I do for a living. Uh, we take, I mean, and it's essentially just take a bunch of industrial equipment. We bring in all the data and we find out different ways to do like preventive maintenance on it. So, having a bunch of data to make decisions is how I live my life. Oh yeah. That's so step one in your troubleshooting is like, okay, let me get all the data I can. Yeah. Let me see what exactly data we have to help here. So with that being said, like with best coast pairing and the way they work is you submit your list to them. And like there's actually, there's a very specific format that you can even submit your list, which is crazy in the first place. Like, there's a certain like way you have to submit your list and it actually knows just to streamline your data entry, I guess. Uh, well also because they, you, they digest that data. They use that data mm-hmm. to determine, you know, Oh, this guy won, this guy lost, this guy got this many points. And then what they do is they actually ingest that data on the back end, and they can see that, Oh, this army has won, you know, this army is, out of the 300 games in America that were played this weekend, this army won 50 to 60% of the time or, you know, 60% of the time, right? They win this percentage against this matchup. Well, they say they won this, this percentage, right? Okay. And then they say, oh, by the way, inside this army, 80% of the time, this unit was used, right? And so they find, like, winning units that were like included and they're like basically these like auto include units that are like super powerful. And what they do is they, they kind of nerf them down a little bit they'll, they'll give yeah, them they, a, they send that information to games workshop who then uses that to tweak stuff on their points levels. Crazy dude. Like it is nuts. Yeah. Uh, I was so, talking to somebody about the shop on that and they said, Oh, Tau just got like a 25% or 20% points drop across the board. 
Yeah, Tower are bonkers right now. Like, they're like, well, also nobody was playing them before that, so they don't have data. So how do we get people to play this? Cool, let them bring more stuff to the table. We get more data on more units. Yeah. And then, this wasn't meant to fix them. This was meant to get the data so they could fix them. And it was a, uh, like, they were they were bottom, they were under, like, 40% win rate. Like, they were bad. And then they got a huge points decrease, and now they're up there in the... Because what they're aiming for is they're aiming for that 45 to 55%. That's what they mm-hmm. want to, to be a playable, like, army. That's what they want... Pretty much all their units to be like fifty percent of the time somebody's taking them. Also, like forty five between forty five and fifty five percent, and they've really dialed like they they every week they release like a, a win ratio, mm-hmm. and they show that all of their armies are like essentially being brought into this win loss ratio. Yeah, the the idea <sighs> being that you good. Yeah, sorry. The idea being that uh, if everything kind of has that same percentage. You get a little bit of uh, leeway based on the matchup. Like, right. Oh, they're good at beating me specifically, so we're not going to do well. But if you're both in the same kind of area, then it comes down to player skill. That's 100%. And, and for a competitive game, that's what you want. And, and so one of the biggest things is, like, right now, and I think what makes it so wild is, like, 40K, you know... When you, when you think about 40K, and especially, like, in the kind of light of, like, Horse Heresy players, like, Horse Heresy is more like beer and pretzels and all that jazz. And, mm-hmm. you know, we're looking to drive this narrative and we're looking to drive this. On the 40K side, uh, it is very strategically driven right now. There is no way that you can be a super shoot everything army and win. There's no way you can be a super melee army and dominate. Like there is, you have to play your army and practice your army at a strategic level to be able to compete in any event right now. And it's crazy to me. Like it is, uh, um, back in the day, you know, I used to have these, uh, these games with like, you know, Josh or, you know, uh, like individuals in the shop that were just like that next level tier players, you know? Mm -hmm. And, we would be like, it would come down to the very last turn of the game, like where you could determine anything. Like there was this insane games that would last. Like you had to think and you were like mentally exhausted at the end of every game because I feel that. there was no, there was no runaway. Right. Yeah, so the, like the, those are always the best games. To me. Yeah. And so, uh, in every turn that I played at this event, it truly was like every game I played, it truly was a, you did not know who was doing, who was going to win or who was going to take it. It was one of those things where nobody was running away with points. There was no one army. Like you saw every army possible. Like there was an all demons list. There was a knights list. There was, you know, and I go in with a death watch list, right? I go in with a death watch and it's like, there's no monotony in the list. There's no like, I'm taking all jump troopers or I'm taking all of this or anything like that. It's like you have to have some flexibility in your list because those secondaries come out. And when those secondaries come out, they're going to tell you like, Hey, you need to be in, uh, three out of the four corners of the board within nine inches of them to like, you know, investigate signals. Mm. And if you get two of them, you'll get this many points. If you get three of them, you get this many points or it'll tell you, you know, Hey, uh, extend battle lines. You need to be in two of the uh, the three of the four like quarters of the battlefield or two quarters of the battlefield. Like it makes you 
move your units. You have to be extremely flexible and you have to uh, essentially play the game. It's not just straight up, you know, hey, I need to demolish this unit, then I got to demolish this unit. And so uh, it really rewards flexibility. It rewards uh, being able to play the objective. And it's just kind of really takes away a lot of that, uh, that like bloodlust in there, right? Like, I want to demolish this unit. It's like, well, you could demolish that unit, but you're going to not be able to cleanse this objective because you shot. Mm -hmm. And so you kind of have to, it's like, you know what? I got to make the hard decision. This unit has to sit here, not shoot anything, cleanse this objective, and get lit up next turn. But it's going to put me on the board for points, right? Yeah. And so now they're going to be panicking. They've got to go do something. So, yeah, now they. They could demolish some of my units, but look who's behind in points. Yep, yep. And so it, it really it makes you like plan ahead. It's like I'm going to lock this unit up in combat because they're off the objective. I'm going to keep them off the objective. I'm going to go take it behind them. Like it's so strategically, strategically driven right now. It's like some of the most thinking I've done, right? <laughs> like it's, yeah. it's super fun. That being said, I was not ready to go. Like, I, like <laughs> I was not ready to uh, to just like get up and go to this event. Uh, I had my death watch. We've been playing tabletop simulator. I think I told you that. Oh yeah, we talked about. And it. so we were like up until the last minute. We were running uh, very very tight games with uh, with each other. Like Tyler was taking his uh, his uh, leagues of Otan, and I was taking my death watch. And so, like, we've been practicing against each other. And, like, one of the big things about playing in an event like that is you you only have three hours for a game. Oh, yeah. And so you got to move and you got to know your army. So you just got to lock in. You kind of have to dump some stuff that you're not going to need. As far as, like, shooting, you have to just say, I'm not going to fire all my bolters and hopefully one gets through to your armor. You know, I'm just going to fire, you know, stuff that matters. Keep it moving. Um, yeah, we ain't got time to shoot pistols. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't got time to fire every pistol at you. Um, so we dialed our list in, and finally, like, my list, I was short. Uh, I was short, like, four or five models that I needed. And so I had to like, go source those real quick, you know, by any cubic. And uh, got those knocked out as close as I could because, you know, there was no 3D printing allowed in this event. Oh, yeah. So uh, mostly Games Workshop pieces. Um, but at that point, you know, we had to... Uh, uh, I had to get those going, get those glued up, get them painted, and get them on the table. And then on top of that, none of my Death Watch army was based. Oh, no. So I didn't have any bases done on my death watch, except for my captain. My captain I wasn't using. <laughs> like, I, 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 fortunately, I used, a, a, what's it called? A, a Geek Gaming's uh, Mars Earth sand. Oh, yeah. And so you just put a little bit of glue, dip them in the Whataburger uh, tray, and mm -hmm. shake it around, and they get their Mars Earth on them. So it's like red sand. Here's something that I learned because that was a night, right? That was a night I was playing D&D &D with the boys. You know, I was just nonstop uh, getting these guys all, getting all their bases done, everything taken care of. Like, I, I, I painted a bunch of red guns. Like, it was a bunch of stuff that I had to do to get these guys tabletop ready because that is a big part of 40K events as well is you have to be tabletop standard. It actually gets you 10 points to be tabletop standard. All your stuff has to be painted. Uh, so 
I had to get my bases done. I had to get three color minimum and all that jazz. Like I was well over three color minimum. I painted the faces for crying out loud. There you go. Uh, as a death watch, <laughs> as my death watch army goes, I have, I bought those forge world, uh, uh, bear faces. Have you ever seen those? The bear no. faces kit. Is they, that one of the ones for the, oh, I want to say it was from Mark six. Oh, it's for Mark Six. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. I was thinking of the one for Stormcast Eternals. No, no. This was for Space Marines. I want to say it was for Horus Heresy. There's okay. two different sets. It's bare faces. I bought both of those sets, and I completely lined out my whole Death Watch army with these faces because uh, I wanted you to be able to physically see their faces. Because I wanted you to be able to, to tell if they were like from different chapters based on their faces. And then uh, uh, I'll come back in with uh, dec- decals later to to make their Shoulder pads, correct. Okay. The Legions of Stardust character heads. Yes. That's what's up. And those are dope because they got like Space Wolf heads. They've got like a... Uh, Looks like Zangief. Yeah. <laughs> They've got heads for white scars in there. They got all sorts of heads. Blood Angels heads, like Dark Angels heads. They've got all sorts of heads in there. And they're just like characters. Oh, yeah. And so I got uh, three sets of those. And uh, uh, there's... And then I, I glued those all throughout my army... And I plan on matching them up uh, as close to, I guess, canonically correct as I can. I don't really like certain legions have certain traits. You just want to look like those chapters stereotypes. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm going for. Thank you. Stereotypically correct. Uh, That's the plan anyway. So I got all those guys painted up, got all that ready. And here's the mistake I made. It's a pretty big one. Um, so I use cobalt keep bases, mm-hmm. right? Those are the bases that have the pre-made slot, pre-molded slot at the bottom for a magnet, right? Mm-hmm. So before I put my guys in those bases, I glue my magnet onto those bases, right? Okay. So all my guys already magnetic. I have this sweet, sweet tray that you see behind you. That's a cookie cutter. That's how I yeah. transport my guys around. Well, what I didn't know is. I'm guessing that as part of that uh, of that red dust that's in there, there must be some like iron oxide or something oh, that is magnetic. Uh, iron filings? Because iron oxide is not ferromagnetic, but uh, iron filings would be. Well, something is magnetic inside of that red dust. That's unfortunate. What it is, I don't know. But... Uh, it is here. Look, let me see here. I've got a magnet somewhere on here. Yeah. Oh, there's a big stack right here. Yeah. Grab one of those bad boys and just toss it into that. And you'll see exactly what happens when you do it. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm doing it through the lid and there's a little, uh, a little patch following you around a little patch like, uh, following these magnets. What is that game called when you were, we were kids? Uh, Harry Henry. Yeah, Harry. Like you, yeah, you could like drag his mustache and his. Yeah, it was like little like iron filings behind plastic over a little dude, and you use a little magnet to drag him around and give him a little beer, give him a haircut. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so you put that in there and pick it up, and you'll see that somehow this is now covered in. Both whatever filings in there, just dumped all those magnets in there because don't, don't take those out. Just throw them in there. It's fine. Oh, I got okay. plenty of those. Uh, so, yeah. So, the magnet magnetizes to whatever's in there, right? Oh, yeah. There you go. 
That's going to stain. <laughs> uh, that's fine. These pants are already stained. Okay. Well, my floor is stained in here. I don't know if you could tell, but there is that dust. Okay. So that's what that is. I thought, thought somebody stepped on a ketchup packet. Yeah. And Roomba <laughs> doesn't, can't pick this up for some reason. So mm, it yeah. just sticks to the magnet on like the <laughs> induction charging mechanism on it. Yes. It sure does. Oh, no. Really? It sure does. Oh, yes. no. That was a joke. So what happens is Roomba oh. comes in here to vacuum all of this uh, red filing that I have everywhere. And then it leaves. And I see like a little red trail <laughs> of of uh, pigment. pigment behind it going into my, my the, the base is in the living room. He goes all the way over there. And I'm like, man, now I got a mop behind Roomba, right? And I look, and he won't get on his dock. And I'm like, what's going on? Well, there's red filings all underneath everything under him. He's like a red dust underneath him. And I'm like, dang, that's on me. I should have been a lot. Like, I was in panic mode, right? I have to yeah, get to this gotta, event. You got to get it done. You do what you got to do. Yeah, I'm like, and, and honestly, I just thought to myself, you know, no big deal. I'm going to get a little bit of dust in the ground. I'm going to send Roomba in there. He's going to fix it. Little did I know. Like this I'm is a cautionary tale, people. <laughs> this is a cautionary tale for you out there. If you Like, I know we shout out Geek Gaming quite a bit, but... Just be careful when you're using this red earth. Mm. But that's not even the worst part. I haven't even gotten to the worst part. We're oh my God. we're still in like how I screwed up Just my shit. Surface level. Yeah. I haven't even gotten to how I screwed up other people's shit. <gasps> <laughs> yeah, dude. So I go take all my guys with my cookie cutter, right? Okay. Okay. Uh, my cookie tray. tray. And I take them to my desk and I hit them all with matte coat. Yep. Matte coat, seal in the seal in that because I knew that that stuff, even though it's glued, will still flake off. Yes, sir. And I didn't want it flaking off anywhere. All right. What I didn't know was that all the bottom of my bases, because I didn't know it was that magnetic yet. So when I put them all in my cases, they all had a little tiny bit of pigment on their magnets because I run the magnets in there. Right. Mm -hmm. So when I go to this event, right, I pull up all my guys and I'm like, man, I sealed these. Why is there so much red pigment inside my battle foam case? Like, why is there so much pigment still in here? I was like, whatever. You know, it must have fallen off in the transport. They're getting jostled around. Hopefully that's the last of it that comes off of them because these are matte coated. These are done, right? No, dude, it was at the bottom of my base. They were stuck to the magnet on the bottom of the base. Yeah, pure pigment powder on the bottom of my base just dragging it across the battle pub tables just dragging it across those sweet sweet mats <laughs> that they had oh, no. <laughs> those sweet sweet just all mats all into the neoprene just into the neoprene bro so the first game i play just, and i'm just like rick james just grinding <laughs> it in first game i play i play against uh tyranids right and i have no idea I have no idea what's going on. Like, I don't know that You're I'm focused on other things. I don't know that I'm like a dude with like shit on his shoe. Just like, like just pig pen from peanuts. I'm barely awake. I'm and I'm already drinking beer. Like it's where it's with a the, battle pub. It's a battle pub. All right. So I go in, pair me up against Tyranids. I've never played Tyranids before. I don't know what they do. <laughs> I'm shitting my pants right now, bro. Like, Wait, there's I gotta do real good because that's what I'm here for. I'm death watch. That's what I said, bro. That's I'm what I said. Ordo, you know, I can't, I can't let this go unchecked. I've got to jump in here. I got to be confident. <laughs> we got to come in. We got to clean out some Zenos, right? We can't be afraid of them. I got to go hard. Oh, you brought a Norn Queen? 
Don't know what that is. Never play against that. I play against dwarves, okay? <laughs> That's all I know. Dwarves and Tau, all right, boys? Like, every once in a while, some space wolves will beat I, me eyes. Th- this works against Happy, Sleepy, and Doc. We'll see what it does against the Tyranids. <laughs> exactly, bro. Exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> by the way, uh, Votan or Xenos? <laughs> like, the, somewhere between ab humans and Xenos. Uh, for game terms, they're Xenos. Oh, yeah. Xenos. They are neither Imperium nor Chaos. They are Xeno. It's wild. Yeah. It's wild. So, either way. I'm going against these Tyranids, right? I play my game. I've got my freshly painted army. Everybody's complimenting my army, all right? Hell yeah, that's what you want. Uh, this stuff right here. This. Uh, games Workshop Technical uh, Tesseract. Tesseract Glow. Tesseract Glow. Use that? Have you used that before? No. Get you a bottle. Okay. Get you a bottle, brother. Is this just your like lens in a bottle? That's it, bro. It's so good. It's so good. I paint a little dot of white, and then I paint that on top of it, and my eyes look like they're actually glowing. They look so good. Hell yeah. All right? I got that from Locker. Like, that whole idea, like, Locker put me onto that stuff. It's so oh, good. Yeah. He, he tries just about everything he can get his hand on. He, he's good for, like, the painting science. So, the homies. Shout out Powerful Locker. I know you're listening. Yeah. Yeah. You beautiful boy. I love you. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, at this event, people are looking at my death watch because there is kind of like a painting standard that you have to follow. You do have to kind of like, you know, have a... And so they're judging up your army. I'm playing against a non-fully painted Tyranid army, so there I'm starting go. the game 10 points up, baby. Like, I'm already winning. I had to eat set point. Foot on the table, right? Everybody's looking at it. Those lenses are incredible. Those lenses are great. I'm like, thanks, guys. Thanks. Little do I know... I'm staining this battle mat that I'm <laughs> playing on, right, dude? I have no idea. Like, And so I'm playing this game. There's a Norn Queen in the middle, big monster. It explodes. I'm having, like, the best game of my life right now, dude. Like, it's I'm kicking ass. It was doing great, okay? Well, then I see the stains, bro, and I'm like, oh, my God. I pick up my model. I'm like, what is staining? How is this happening? And as soon as I flip it over, dude, underneath that magnet, I just covered in red. I was like, all of my models... Just Our a tracking pigment. Just a dollop of that pigment just stuck to the magnet. So I had to go to the restroom. I had to go get, like, I had to, like, cut out of my game to go get, like, paper towels with water and, like, casually wipe off the bottom <laughs> of, like, all my models. <laughs> like, and, like, the mat, I had to, like, try and do it without, like, you have to dab it so it doesn't stain. Like, yeah, truly, so- I need, like, club soda. But, <laughs> bro. I was like, if I can't get this mat clean enough, I'm going to have to tell them, like, I need to buy this mat off of you guys, and I can only play on this table from here on out. Mm. But I cleaned it off enough. But it was it was rough, dude. It was <laughs> like... Like, worst case scenario. It's like, <laughs> like the perfect storm. I was like, oh, man, this is what I get for trying to play competitive 40K. <laughs> this, is, this is exactly what I get, talking all that shit about it. But... No, it was a fun game, dude. I played, met some cool people. Uh, played with Nicholas first round. He's powerful, Nicholas. Super cool dude. I uh, played uh, uh, David Villarreal. He's from the Horse Heresy side, San Antonio Red Star group. Okay. Uh, he played Salamanders against me. And then I uh, played Astra Militarum against, uh, what was that, Danny? Danny? Powerful Danny. It was a good time, dude. It was like everybody was a, had a blast. It was uh, uh, learned quite a bit. You know, and I didn't feel like there was like uh, anybody was just there to like beat my ass because we're all kind of different styles of play, but 
you know, all. Everybody's there to, you know, have a good time. Yeah. And scratch that competitive itch. Yeah, and scratch that competitive itch. That's what's up. So yeah, I, I got in the rundown from Tyler, and it sounded like everybody had a great time. Yeah, yeah, me and him had a, a, a fun uh, time. A couple of notable examples notwithstanding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, uh, uh, while we were there, dude, like, cause I wanted to pick up some, I won a prize there. I don't know what it was though, but I, I did win a prize. And then I cool. got, I got some sweet objective marker trays from David, Ooh. uh, from, uh, what's it called? What's that? It's a war games live. So the way on, on a 40 K works is you have objectives, right? And you have to be within uh three inches of those objectives. Yeah. So a lot of people do is they laser cut a neoprene mat. That's like that base size with a three inch radius. Yes. So it's just, are you on the mat? If so, you're within three inches. Of it's the beautiful. And I good, good way to do it. I've been wanting a set. And so I told him, cause we were playing on his mats. Right. Mm-hmm. And I was like, these are freaking cool. Cause I watch war games live. Like war games live is truly like live war gaming and all that jazz. Like yeah. they go to events. This dude actually they just live uh, stream different stuff. Yeah. He's actually from San Antonio and started with like big events like that with like this like full like AV setup like you do. Mm-hmm. And he now travels the world going to different events. Hell he does it full time. Hell yeah. What a YouTube channel and just travels the world to different events. He gets paid to do it and just streams, streams, uh, tabletop, uh, war gaming. tabletop war gaming. It's wild, bro. Like he did Hell like, yeah. He did Warzone Houston in 2022. He didn't do it this year because he was in, like, the UK or something. Oh, wow. But uh, it just so happened that David had this, like, special set of, like, those neoprene mats. And I was like, those are freaking cool, man. He goes, well, do you play? uh, He goes, do you watch War Games Live? I was like, I do, man. I was like, I love watching them. He goes, they're yours. I was like, no. (laughs) There's no way. I can't take these for you. He goes, yeah, no, you compliment them because they're yours. I was like, get out of here. Like, what are you saying right now? I've never blushed so hard in my life. Like, I couldn't, I can't. He's like, no. He's like, I'm serious. He's like, yeah, you take them. He's like, they're all yours, man. He's like, I got plenty of sets. He's like, those are yours. I was like, oh my God. He's like, (laughs) you're just giggling for the rest of the event. Yeah, dude. I was like, dang, dude, this just happened. Because I've been wanting a set, bro. I can't even explain to you. Like how much I've been wanting a set of them, and I'm so like pinche with my money. Like I was just like, God, dang it, he's so cool, David. Like this guy's awesome. That's the way to do it. So, but, but yeah, no, it's a, uh, it's been fun. I mean, that was wild. It was a hardcore grind. All this week, I had like some serious work stuff. Like last week, I guess I had serious work stuff for. Uh, I had to talk from the board, so like every day I was like in Houston, so mm-hmm. I haven't really gotten a paint. So this weekend, which was not tournament weekend, I just went hard on tabletop simulator and uh, uh, played Tyler a couple times. Uh, I'm actually in the uh, tabletop simulator uh, group for for Discord. Mm-hmm. There's a Warhammer 40k tabletop simulator group, and there's just people in there from all over the world that are just ready to play whenever. Just get pickup games. Just, just any hours of the day. Just any hours. And so I was just like, you know what, dude? Like, I haven't, uh, like, I haven't gotten to have any fun this week. I haven't painted. I haven't gone live. I haven't done anything this week. So I'm just going to go ahead. And this weekend, I'm just going to go ahead and uh, knock out a bunch of tabletop simulator. And then Sunday, I had to, you know, help my dad do some stuff. But God, I got to get into that. It's excellent, dude. Because I've got like a weird list I'm trying to do with my Death Guard. I'm trying to keep it kind of hush-hush because it is like a, a interesting concept, I think. Mm-hmm. 
that I have no idea. Like, I can't build a list. Like, I, I've got a list prepared. I have no idea how it does. For all I know, it could just fall apart under its own weight and get nothing done. Yep. And that I need to get into that so I can kind of play test it and tweak stuff before I have to build and paint. So, as you know, in 40K, the new Space Marine Codex just dropped. Yeah. And so, with that, they brought a number of detachments in there. They have, like, a an Iron Hand detachment, essentially a Raven Guard detachment. They call it Iron Storm, Vanguard. Uh, they have Flame Storm. Uh, there is a bunch of different detachments in there now that let you kind of dial in. There's, like, a lot of, some obvious, like, good stuff in those detachments. Oh, and, yeah. like... For the Iron Storm, it's kind of heavily... It's kind of like the Fury of the Ancients list for uh, 40K. Okay. Like, it really benefits uh, Dreadnoughts quite a bit. And so I wanted to see, man, how hard can I go with Dreadnoughts before it's, like, too hard and not good anymore? Like, you're just... You, you just focused in on too much on a one thing, and now you've lost your flexibility. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, so previously, if I wanted to do something like that, you're looking at like some extreme proxies or like I'm making a ridiculous investment in very expensive dreadnoughts, right? And so what I've been doing is, you know, I've kind of been interested to see how that list runs or if it's even plausible, if it will even be fun. And so I've been building up the most extreme example of that list, like the, the like straight up, like cheese, like straight up. This just, philosophy to the 11. Yeah. And I've been playing Tyler's like extremely tuned Leagues of OTAN list with it. And then like just putting it through its paces. It's like, okay, this doesn't work. This list. And like what's so crazy about it is it truly is like, like if you think about like how this would work in real life, if I bought those models and me and you said, I want Derek, I want to try this list. What time are you available? It's like, okay, let's meet at the store. Let's meet at my house this time bring your models. You have to have your models available. I have to have my models available. We have to get a game in, get them set up. We play, we break the stuff down and then you leave, you go back to your house and also tabletop simulator, man, every model's there. You just upload the models. You're good to go. This is the models I'm using. Let's play. We make it like two hours into the game. I know I'm not going to win. Cool. Flip the table. Get out of here. <laughs> no cleanup, no mess, no nothing. Like it like truly is like a, like I'll hit Tyler up at like one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning. It's like, Hey, you're trying to get a game in. Yeah. Let's get one in. We'll play. I'll, 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 I'll try a list against him. He'll do some tweaks to his list. He'll beat my ass. I'll move on to the next <laughs> list. Right. I'll, I'll, we'll dial it in. We'll have like this post game. Like this is what we're going to do different. This is what I think you should do different. What's cool about it is like, you know, obviously I'm talking about from like the 40 K side, but there is like a full horse heresy support. Like there's oh, yeah. full horse heresy models, everything that is available uh, for 40 K is kind of interchangeable for heresy. Uh, the only thing I would say that is a little bit different is uh, uh, they actually have some FTC mats, what they call them. Those are like the ITC mats. And yeah. so like they're made for tournament play. Like here's the standard like for, cause they, they standardize it so you don't have like the terrain element as a variable. Right, right. And so like with those maps, like the they have like everything set up that you would need for event play. So they got like the chess clocks on the map. They have the uh uh calm down. They have the cards available for you, like everything is there, like ready to go. So that I, I haven't seen one that's built for like Horse Heresy two point yet, but I think it's horse heresy is a little bit more lax. So I think it's yeah. just kind of just throw your models on the table, understand where your deployment zones and you're good to go. So, but 
I'm loving it, man. It's so good. It's so good. Last night, I actually streamed a game on TikTok. Uh, so it's kind of one of those things I've been talking about doing. Like, I've been wanting to uh, commentate on a actual game. Like watching a like watch a live game and then commentate on it, like yeah. what's going on and all that jazz. Yeah, we, we joked about going full Madden with it. Yeah, full Madden, and you have a uh, uh, what are the different terms for the? Uh, it's like a uh, it's a play by play and a oh, there's another term for the other announcer. Uh, oh, I can't. Dang, I can't remember right now. Like basically, you have somebody who knows everything about the game. It's like they give a play-by-play of what's going on, and then the secondary announcer is like a color announcer or like a something like that. Okay. And so we we were talking about doing something like that, and so what I've been doing is because uh, because tabletop simulator, you can have as many spectators live in the game with you, and it's like you are just like floating like ghost in the game. You can go look at any part of the table. You can look at anything going on. Uh, you can essentially get the absolute impossible angles that you wouldn't be able to get from like an actual 40K game. So like get your head like in the table. Yeah, like you can like like immediately float above a unit that's fighting, float above the dice, go float above the other dice, and then go back to the unit to go watch them getting pulled and all this stuff. And so what I can do is I can be live in that game watching this game happen i can hear the people playing the game like in this case last night it was tyler and rick and i was streaming it to tiktok and i was commentating on the game to where tyler and rick couldn't hear me but the audience could hear me and i was explaining what was going on dude it was wild the that sounds like a good time the audience was wild bro it was absolutely crazy because they can interact they can say what's going on and what i really want to do and like this is big brain. This is what I want to do. Like this is goals because I see this like happening right after. Like I don't know if you've seen Unreal Engine Five. Mm, not footage. Not lately. Oh, I, I have seen different stuff people do where they say, "Hey, let's take this game and just replace the engine with Unreal Engine." Okay. Let's see Super Mario sixty four with Unreal Engine. Okay. Boy, isn't it beautiful. So, so I think like okay. So Unreal Engine Five. Uh, Burning Car, I think, is the the one that is... Oh, is this where they put in, like, the ray tracing? And... This is a Burning Car in Unreal Engine 5. Oh. That just looks like footage. But I guess to prove that it's not, they've got, like, a another object. They're moving around in the environment, and it's casting shadows and just interacting with it. Yeah, it is absolutely bonkers. So I think about this, right? I think about, like... Where we're Nothing at out of with the ordinary, this just a burning in car, Unreal Engine, right? It's mm-hmm. all computer graphics in 1080p. Nothing out of the ordinary, just a burning car. There we go. Okay. So you can see where they've got this fake object messing up the smoke, but it looks like an actual burning car. Yeah, it looks like footage that they just dropped like a pink sphere in and are moving it around and like the shadows interacting with stuff and it's interacting with the smoke effects. Mm. Yeah. Like that—that's the main thing to me. It says, "Yeah, no, this is all digital, and not just real footage with just a digital thing tracked into it." Is because it's interacting with the smoke. Yeah. So, so I think about it, right? And I think to myself, like, okay, we're gonna get to the point where we're gonna have models on the table that are gonna look this good, right? Yeah. And so, what I can do right now <laughs> is like, if I make this a thing, right? If like I live stream these games, commentate on them, like everything like that, 
like big brain, like future. It's like, this yeah. could be like a, somebody's going to do it. Like somebody's going to do it. May as well. May as well be me. May as well. I may as well just commentate on games that are live. And we have the players that play. Just drop in into our group. some random lobby, some people playing 40 K and just start commentating. on the game. Uh, Pretty much dude. It's like, it's like, Hey guys, is it like it, it, a lot of stuff is like, this is a big play right here. It's like, this is where he's holding himself back right here. Like it's, it's, it's been a ton of fun and I can see myself in the future hosting a 24 hour stream. Oh, hell yeah. Where like, cause you know, I made like six bucks watching a game <laughs> last night. Right. Like people gift for no reason. Just like, like we've been joking about doing that with like blood bowl. Like have like straight up Madden style. Yeah, dude. I'm, I'm telling you like it's, it's, it's there. It's ready to go. But like, like if you did like a gift stream where it's like, look, every thousand gifts is like, 250 points back to the army or something like that. Like a hundred point unit back to the army. And you just have this like unending game. Cause like, I've always wanted to do that. Just like hunger game style. Yeah. I've always wanted to do that. I'm like hey, the horse some, heresy style. Somebody, somebody likes the storyline you've got going on. They decided to sponsor you. Here's like a little supply drop. Could you imagine how like, it's like, Oh, you now have 2000 points extra in reserve. Hey, somebody gave you an assassin. Somebody gave you a warlord Titan. <laughs> It's like, oh, ballooning up in scale. It's like, oh, well, and, and because it's tabletop simulator, you just spawn in a warlord titan. There's no and like play the warhorn sound effect. Yeah, it's like, oh, they gave me a galaxy, which is the equivalent of warlord titan. Warlord's coming in, and it's like, oh, well, the other team that's like team Derek saw warlord titan getting spawned for team Michael, so they're gonna give him three falchions, three falchions, right? Like, it's or they're going to give him his own Warbringer, two Warbringers, right? Like, just let it scale up. Like, it's coming, dude. Like, that is... We're going to need to... Here, let me spawn in another table real quick. There we go. You could. You can. Like, you can extend the bo- the battle lines, everything, dude. It's like, you could truly play, like, the big me- mega apocalypse games like that we've always talked about because you're floating. Like, yeah, it's not... You don't real- have to, like, rope off areas for people to walk to get to the model in the middle of the table. Yeah, no. You could play, like... 10, 20 basilisk if you want and shoot across, you know, use their true mega range. Cause their minimum range would be like the table. If you're on the same table as them, they're probably too close to get shot at. Yeah. It's 20 foot, isn't it? It's 240 inch, right? Something crazy. I know the, the Warbringer, the Warbringer quake cannon is 480 inch range. Oh dude, that'd be wild. Yeah. Anytime I take it to a mega battle, I, I jokingly say, yeah, I could have just left it in the car. Yeah, imagine like because like essentially you could play like Epic Imperialis just but for real. On tabletop simulator, the only difference is how far you zoom in. That's all it is, dude. And what rule system you use? God, I can't wait. Hey, man, welcome to the future. Ugh, uh, uh, uh. And then no, the only problem becomes rendering it. Oh, done. It's nothing. It takes nothing to do it right now. Okay. Well, I don't have a computer from this decade. Yeah, you're fine. <laughs> You'll be okay. Okay. Uh, if you say so, I'll boot up my PC, see what happens. <laughs> it's got to blow the dust out I, of it. <laughs> I built it in 2009. Yeah, it'll be fine. It'll be okay. It's not going to it, it was a good PC in 2009, then one of the video cards went out. Oh, <laughs> one of the video cards? Yeah. Okay, just using onboard graphics right now or what? No. Oh, you had SLI back in yes, the day. Yes, sir, I had SLI. Oh. It, was, it was a beast back in the day. That thing ran, uh, it ran Crisis oh, back yeah. when that was the benchmark. Yeah, no, you're solid then. Okay. Uh, you definitely run Tabletop Simulator. <laughs> uh, 
No, so I mean that 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 is the future that I foresee, man. I'm I'm super excited for it. Uh, TikTok, man, TikTok. Like I've been doing everything on TikTok. Like oh, yeah. I've been painting on TikTok, streaming TikTok. Through I That's mean, the audiences, sponsors find us on TikTok. Like it, it truly is like just wild right now. Just straight up Ready Player One in it. Uh, you know what's crazy? And like, I'm gonna tell you this. Just you, between you, me, and everybody listening. Yeah, I mean, this is just like <laughs> so everybody can hear. Do you remember how I bought the domain for the Brave Little Rover? Yes. Okay, where I wanted to send a rover into haunted houses and drive around and like let and people like on the internet. Yeah, and I, I, I like I have the rover and like the only thing that was stopping me was like I can control it over a computer. I just couldn't figure out how to make it controlled over like a website to send those controls and that's kind of what stopped me and then like my company got bought out and all this stuff so like you got real busy real it, quick yeah like kind of fell to the side and just like keep the domain thinking like one day i'll make that work well the other day i'm on tiktok right and there's a guy who has a rover in his shop and this rover has a screwdriver on it and it just drives around and stabs people in the in the legs. <laughs> That's the whole point of the rover. But in order to control this rover, you have to send gifts. Like if you send like a carrot or you send like a cat paw or something like that, which is like 50 cents, a dollar, you know, like 50 cents gets you like. It's like a little like TikTok, like animated thumbs up. Yeah. Yeah. But it, like if you send a thumbs up, right, basically that's the equivalent of one push forward of the button, like, oh, okay, it moves forward a little bit. And then if you give it, like, one carrot, it's like, oh, I turn right. Or if you give it, like, a cat paw, it turns left. So he's doing, like, Twitch plays Pokemon with this thing. They The whole <laughs> audience was stabbing people, and at one point, somebody realized, okay, that's an open fence over there that leads outside into the street. Let's oh get this rover as fast as we can into the street before they realize this fence is open. And oh so God, the, it's got no natural predators. <laughs> so, so, so TikTok drove this rover into the street until it ran out of Wi-Fi, and the owner was like, "You assholes! Like, <laughs> you Dicks. drove this. Y'all can't have nice things because y'all drove the rover into the street." This was a cool thing for one shining moment in history. <laughs> y'all tried to get this thing hit by a car. You dicks! So I was like, "Oh my God!" Like this idea. To get it out so you can dox me. So yeah, rovers being controlled by the internet is a thing and being controlled like, and that's way easier because it's like, I can just take ingest the, uh, uh, on OBS, I can ingest the like different alerts and all that stuff and turn them into commands. And so we just have like one website doing that. We get another one set up on a different website and then have them fight. I'm telling you, it's like, Oh, on the same haunted house, just like just like the Roomba Coliseum, where they put knives on them and then balloons on the back, like it's Mario Party. Oh my god, you're talking crazy right now. That's what I'm here for. I mean, this is a million dollar idea right now on this podcast. <laughs> We're just openly talking about this. Yeah, just live on air. So you're saying it's live on air <laughs> that we should pick up two room two rovers, <laughs> each give them a profile on TikTok and a backstory. And make them fight each other for the amusement of everyone on the internet. And the amount of gifts they give controls it, and we make them fight. It's like you have to pop the balloon to the other one, which has like has a little knife hanging out. Oh yeah, my! He's got a knife on the god. front, balloon on the back. Oh my god! 
Yeah. Was that not the logical conclusion of this idea? No, we just have to find an empty gymnasium <laughs> that we buy with all of our gift money from TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say we just just randomly drop into like a mall somewhere and, <laughs> and see how long, how far we get before we get kicked out. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, the rumors of Turf <laughs> All right, there's blood. We got to go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all keep it. We made enough money. We'll buy they'll know it. <laughs> it's just like stealth release them into the building. Yeah. So you got to find the other one? Oh, my God. <sighs> into an empty mall? I didn't say empty. Oh, God dang it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for insurance purposes, yes, it is an empty mall. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is way too much right now. At least we know these fruit chews are doing what they're supposed to do. Kind of like we're thinking like (laughs) cocaine heads right now. (laughs) I'm not smarter. I'm stupid faster. (laughs) So, but yeah, no, definitely, uh, definitely some fun stuff. This might be one of my favorite tangents. Hey man, this is right up there with uh, Matt giving us the gift of uh, Toby Toby McConaughey lost Primark, and that has definitely. Gone on. Have you seen his rules? No, his rules now. Somebody drafted up rules for him in oh. in the uh, in the in the general or what? I don't remember who drafted it up. Somebody like sent it to me separately, and then I went back and looked and saw who like who actually like sat down and drafted them up. They're pretty fun. Okay, just heads up, guys. We are talking about Toby McConaughey, who is the second founding Primark. He's either the second or the eleventh. Uh, unsure we kind of been saying second but essentially he is the primark that we are talking about that actually uh convinces the other primarks to just hang out hang loose and chill doesn't want to fight for his dad doesn't want to be a tool and just enjoys his beach planet and surfing and having a good time i think it was in podcast discussion i'm trying to find it so i can credit who made it because i know who sent it to me but they're not the one who wrote it because mm, 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 mm. it, it was a fun little read. It wasn't anything like too crazy, but it was exactly what Toby deserves. Maybe it was memes. Okay, cool. Here it is. Yeah. So it, it was Matt who did drop us the original story as well. Powerful Matt Thomas. Yeah. 300 points. His stats aren't too crazy. Uh, he does have an optional dedicated transport of a 1974 Ford Mustang. Oh, okay. <laughs> a rust bucket too. I feel like I feel like it wouldn't be spiced up or anything like that. It would just be like a barely hanging on. He's got a uh, mastercrafted meterita maker. A meterita maker. Yeah, it's like a margarita with mead. Oh, meterita. Okay. I thought you were saying meat. Meteria. Okay. Yeah, I was nah, like, what? Meteria. Okay. Okay. Uh, if it if you take a wound from it, you don't take any actual wounds. You just become buzzed, and then uh, basically he can convince people in a challenge to like stop fighting and just like hang out. <laughs> yes, leadership immediately drops to five if you're around him, and then you take fear tests, which are actually just <laughs> chill tests. Yeah, they, they take a leadership at minus three. If they fail, then him and his unit become bros with Toby. Hell yeah. That's, that is his uh, super good dude special rule. <laughs> he's just a good dude, dude. Like, And he's got a Frisbee. 
<laughs> Bro, you don't got to act like this. War gear. Meterita maker, Frisbee. Frisbee doesn't have a stat line. It's just a Frisbee. <laughs> <laughs> you go to the stat line, says zero, 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 just a Frisbee. Special rule, just a Frisbee. <laughs> <laughs> you throw it, and it's real fun. Not even a good Frisbee either. Like it's, not, the- it's not disc, disc golf. We're not trying to, like, work it too hard. We're just, you know, throwing it back and forth, just kind of hanging out. <laughs> we don't even got to throw it. We just brought it just in case we feel like using it. <laughs> I picked it up in Dollar General on the way over here. <laughs> they got those in the 41st millennia. They're everywhere. Every planet's got like 6,000. <laughs> All right. Dope. So tell me about this box, dude. All right. So for those of you unaware, it is the new box with the Mark Threes in it. You get 30 Mark Threes. You get an upgrade sprue for special weapons, which has five each of Flamer, Meltagun, Plasma Gun... Volkite Caliber, Volkite, Volkite Charger, and Rotor Cannon. Okay. It also has a Land Raider, the Proteus kit that makes either the Explorator or the Carrier. Nice. And a Daredeo. Mostly the, the excited new, for that thing. The new plastic Daredeo. It's got three different like armor plates for like, the chest. One of them has an eagle on it. One of them has this like round spike plate okay. with like lightning. So it could kind of be like the Eye of Horus looking aesthetic, but it doesn't necessarily have to be if you should like the lightning because that like signifies they met the emperor or something. Yeah. And uh, so I haven't gotten my hands dirty with a Daredeo kit yet, but looking at it, it only comes with the auto cannons, the plasma cannons, and only one set of the missiles. I do not know which missiles because I don't know which set's supposed to look like what. But if my opponent... Dropped this on the table and said, oh, it has the other missiles. I don't know that I would notice, let alone care. Yeah. WYSIWYG missiles is missiles. <laughs> yeah. I don't so the only thing to me missing from the box is the LAS cannons. Yes. And maybe the Volkite. Oh, I forgot about the Volkite. Yeah, the Volkite's an option and it ain't bad. Mm, okay. I know so, the LAS cannons definitely aren't bad. So I'm assuming they're going to do the same thing with this that they did for the Contemptor and the Leviathan where they have two different kits with two different weapon loadouts. Definitely. Which, it's fine, I guess, if they want to like cut down on the number of sprues in the box and pump up their number of skews for the game. Yeah. Uh, as far as the Mark Threes go, if you like the plastic Mark Six, you like these. They go together pretty much the same way. I'm a fan of how they do it, where the legs and the torso are one piece, and then all of the arms are come in a set, but each set is interchangeable. Mm-hmm. So there's arm set one, two, three, four, five. Everybody takes every arm set. So with the Mark VI, you get that little extra like twist to the torso. It has like the cabling going down the front. And so you get a little more dynamic poses out of it. With the Mark III, you only had about 10 degrees of variance on the old plastic kit before the, the waist plate hit one of the knees. Yep. So I don't hate that change. I don't think this kit would have been better if it was separate legs and torsos. Uh, I guess right now. So that does mean that the... Additional torso kits at Forge World Mike's? No, uh, I guess the Mark IV kits can still use the, the yeah. extra torsos. And they did repackage the old plastic Mark Threes and have been selling those under the Heresy 2.0 line. Mm-hmm. We don't know if they're going to continue to do that or if that's just going to disappear. Right. If, if your local gaming place has some and you like them, maybe pick them up. These do have a slightly different aesthetic to them. Some of the trim is missing, and there's just like a different angle to the plate. It looks like a modernized iron armor. Yeah. It's the best way that I think it's like 
taking a 2007 Chevy, or I'm sorry, a 2010 Chevy versus a 2022 Chevy. Like it still looks like a Chevy, but it's like got more sleeker lines and all that yeah. jazz. Yeah. To me, what it feels like is they they went back to the the original art that mm-hmm. they drew inspiration from and kind of reworked from there without referencing the old plastics. Yeah. So it's a similar aesthetic, just with different features. Like some of the knees, instead of it being that round plate surrounded by the rivets, this one's more like a, uh, a segment of a cylinder. It looks like the kit would take contrast paint very well. There's a lot of different like recesses here and there and details that I think if that's your painting style, I think that would really make this model pop. They definitely, so like, the Primaris Marines and the Mark Six Marines like take paint very well. And I think that's what they are going for with these new Mark Three kits. Yeah, because the older Mark Three kits, those did a lot those did really well with like edge highlighting and yes. doing different like very deliberate painting lines with all the different trims. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one I think is kind of made to showcase contrast paint. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which that's fine. I don't hate that. I personally, for a lot of things, prefer the older aesthetic to the Mark III kit. I do like this one. The The uh, spikes are molded onto the helmets. If you don't like it, you can cut them off and defile that nub down. It'd look fine. It's easier to do that than to glue the, the spike on. The shoulder pad, the raised edge on top, is a little less pronounced than they used to be. But I think it, it still holds a very similar aesthetic. They've got kind of like this belt buckle look in the middle where instead of it just being the plate hanging straight down, there's now this like part, that's like button in the middle. Yeah. With a skull on it. Right. And that's recessed enough to where if you wanted to take that skull off and put something else there, you're, you're going to have a hard time doing that. Mm-hmm. And that's my one big gripe with the kit. Uh, I'm still getting them put together. I just have the bodies together right now. I didn't mess with the arms just yet. Uh, once I get that done, I'll take some side-by-side pictures of that with the new Mark 6s and then the old Mark 3s. Okay. Just kind of get a comparison because the main thing I hear people like kind of worried about is the scale. If these things are noticeably bigger, then it looks like, okay, well, my older stuff now looks outdated. Yeah. But with my Ultramarines, I've run the old plastic Mark 3 with the new Mark 6s, and I don't think they're too, they're too different. No, I don't notice any different. Like scanning my eye across the table, they look like the same size. I did notice, I mean, I, at the table, like at the painting table, I noticed the difference, but on the actual tabletop, I don't see the difference. Yeah. And that, that was one of the big things that I was so worried whenever I was like, I had my Mark Six, and I was putting them together and I had my old Mark III, and I was like, well, this never work. These will never look good together. Mm-hmm. And so I went and uh, printed the new scale Mark Threes, and I was like, okay, these look a lot better. But then when I saw your stuff next to each other, I was like, I don't know why I wasted all that time doing that because uh, it's a... Uh, yeah, they look cohesive enough. Yeah, it's barely noticeable. And if you've got bases with, like, slightly different heights, like you, you got bases from uh, one of the basing manufacturers and... You just have some variable height there. It's fine. That, that'll that even it out. Yeah. Uh, the kit for every sprue of five guys also comes with, or maybe every like 10 guys, it comes with the, the same upgrade sprue from the Mark Six that has like your... Lightning claw. Yeah, the, your power fist with the lightning claw add-on, a power sword, plasma pistol. 
Yeah, the so it's the same sprue from the Mark Six, that one there, and that's kind of another thing I kind of a kind of gripe I had with the kit. I think I would have liked to have seen a different sprue with like maybe a power axe or just some different weapon options. Definitely, I feels like the Mark Three kits would take better to chain bayonets than these bayonets. Yeah, because it just comes with those bayonets. It doesn't have the chain bayonets that are on the regular sprue for the Mark Six. Like these feel like Mark Six bayonets versus like the chain bayonets feel like Mark Three. Oh yeah, and that's what I did with my Ultramarines. I took the extra bayonets because I did the the regular bayonets on my Mark Sixes because I like how they look on the front of the book. And so I was like, cool, these go over here to Mark Threes, and they look great with them. Mm. But I don't think it'd be de- terribly difficult to source those bits from people. No, definitely not. I've got bunches. Oh yeah, bunch behind you even. But yeah, I get it. They, don't, they cut down on the number of sprues they're making. It makes it costs a lot to make that mold. That's fair. Uh, but you know, if it had more options, you could then swap those options back to the Mark Sixes, and then we just kind of have more variety. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But other than that, like I said, they go together like the Mark Sixes do. The nubs on the on the torso that the arms key into, that's where the gates are to the sprue. So. Most people that I've seen talking about it are like, oh, I accidentally snipped off those registration marks. Oh, snap. Okay. Yeah. Which, I mean, that makes sense to be a place where the sprue connects to the actual model. Yeah. Because it hides it. Yeah. And you can't have it next to it because then you've got, you know, two things sticking up and that doesn't fit with the mold. Right. But if you do snip it off, oh, well, you can still kind of get the arms on. Uh, I will say a lot of the joins, it really wants you to use plastic glue. Why do you say that? So like the knee, how it's got the knee pad, and then instead of the trim it used to have that was raised on uh, above and below the knee plate, yeah. instead it ramps up to it. So it's not just a stark uh, raise, it just has a bevel to it. Okay. Well, on a couple of the pieces, along that bevel is where the leg piece meets the upper leg. So you could have a gap in there? Yeah, if you're using like a, a thicker super glue or something, it might go in and like squeeze out and you'd have like a kind of like a weld line looking across it or... Wild, okay. Or if it's a little too thick, they might not meet perfectly sometimes. Gotcha, so okay. I was using the Tamiya, the green bottle of the plastic glue. Yeah. And that worked great for it. Because you do a little brush on, paint it on. Yeah, and uh, a lot of the connections on that are little like bowls. So just a little dab in it, and it sits in, and then you press it in, and it squishes it out, and then just gets a really good join. Yeah. And then a lot of those lines disappear. Okay. So okay. it's a really well-engineered kit, but I think if I was using, like, a thicker, like, a gel-based super glue, I might have some issues. Yeah, you Gorilla Glue users are not going to have a good time. I would say go pick up a thin super glue. Thin super glue, or if you can get that green bottle of the Tamiya plastic cement... That stuff works great on these kits. Does not take well to accelerator, but it does. Uh, accelerator doesn't interact with it the same way it does plastic <laughs> or a super glue. Just gotta wait it out. Accelerator doesn't do anything to plastic cement. Exactly. And that's it's thin enough that it typically dries pretty quick. That's good stuff. And then anywhere that you've got like a, a weird gap, just like a small little gap. If you want it smooth, you can run some run some in there. Capillary action pulls it along to whatever's causing that gap and smushes it together. 
smooshes it right together, welds it shut, melts uh, the plastic. Do be careful because if you get a little bit on your fingertip and you're like squeezing it by the torso, you'll easily be able to like press your fingertip into the the chest and leave like little marks where your like fingerprint is. Yikes. Okay. Which that is one thing I know you were saying you liked about that kid is just that big old canvas they got for a chest. I love that canvas. Yeah, especially if you've got like transfers, like eagle size transfers. I know the the Space Wolves Forge World transfer had a bunch of those I was using. Yep, yep. All the Blood Angels logos, man. I would love to do a, just a full squad of just oh, like hell yeah, black Blood Angel logo on their chest. It'd be so nice for sure. Sign me up. Yeah, it's a beautiful kit. The helmets are a little roundy. Kind of like they have the same aesthetic. It's just kind of rounded off a little. I gotcha. They look the, little. The heads look little. It's just kind of versus the, the old heads. Yeah. The uh, Cult of Paint did a video about this box that was actually a really good watch. And they called out how the old heads look really good on the new bodies. Oh, really? Yes. And uh, I play Space Wolves, so I like not putting helmets on my guys. And I really like Mark III, so I got plenty of those heads. Yeah, yeah. I've got plenty of those heads, too. For sure. Because I think the kit comes with, like, 12 helmets. The old one. Yeah, yeah. It comes with extra. Because it has the ones with the the eye thing and, like, the... Little comms unit. Little comms unit, yeah. I didn't know if the old kit had those, but if it didn't, I know those are on this upgrade sprue where you just like glue them to the side of the helmet. Yeah, maybe. Either way, cool stuff. Yeah, I do like the kit. I have not tried it with the special weapons, but it does come with extras of the little forearm plate. I think you get 10 extra plates. So if you use like the heavy weapons kits that use the Mark VI arms, you slap that over the forearm and you're good, baby. Pretend like it never existed. Yeah, I was, I was interested to see if they had those plates go on the Mark III arms as well. Like, they left that piece off on the bolter arms. Mm-hmm. And then, if they did, they might have some detail under that, so you can kind of get, like, the stripped-down look. Yeah. But, no, all the arms had that molded on, so those, those 10 are just pure extras. Man. But it's just a cool little extra armor bit to throw around here there. Yeah. If you want The kit, it looks like they took a Mark II, armor, Mark II body and bolted extra plates to it. Which is a lot, which kind of fits with the Mark III design philosophy. Do you think that it leaves room for some Mark II kits to come out? Absolutely. Just uh, I like skinny down Mark III. Yeah, I would like to see it. Uh, Mark II. I'd like to see some of the Mark Fives. Yeah, same. Because it, it kind of seems like that one gets swept under the rug a lot. For some reason, they don't like it. Yeah, well, I know Mark V is like a field designation for anything that's like not standard. So a lot of people do the serum pattern that the world leaders get as Mark V. But I just kind of like the old chaos look to it. Yep. Where it's like, oh, you see where this goes. Well, that's freaking cool, dude. Yeah, I, I do like that kit. The Land Raider is the same plastic Land Raider we've had. Uh, when I saw it, I didn't know the kit too well. And I'm like, oh, I hope that makes both variants. Because I don't know why. I if you're out there and you're running the Land Raider Proteus Explorator, uh, call in and tell me what the hell that thing does. I ran it. I run it. You run it? Yeah. It only holds six guys, doesn't have an assault ramp, and is the same points. But uh, can force uh, the D3 
deep strike mishap on your enemies and all that jazz. Okay. Or is that? Uh, yeah, yeah. It was like one of the first things I built. Okay. Because it, it's got. I even uh, 3D modeled a special antenna for it. Okay. A little. And was that worth losing out on some guys in the Land Raider? I just had it to guarantee either my people came on or that I was. Because you get like plus one to your reserve rolls or you can get a minus one to your opponent's reserve rolls, right? Yeah, yeah. I was, that's what I was going for. Okay. Yeah. And I want to say it was like a minus one to the mishaps. I, I think we can look it up, but I, I don't think it was the actual reserve rolls. I think it was actually like a. A role that affect the uh, on the deep strike table. For, oh, for, uh, they, so the the thing that the master of signal gets where they're disorganized on a one, two, or three instead of just a one. I feel like it. It's the it's the augury array or whatever. So it has it's the explorer augury web. Yeah, is what it's classically had. It was one of the first things I built. Like it was one of the first uh, uh, blood angels items I had because I knew I was doing a bunch of deep striking and I knew that people were at the time playing a ton of deep strikers. Yeah, so I think I'm pretty close. The Proteus Explorator has the Explorator Augury Web, and you can give it the Vox Disruptor Array. That's what it is. Which is what the Master Signal has. Yes. The Vox Disruptor Array. Yeah, so the Explorator Augury Web is the one that gives your opponent a minus one while it's active, or you can let it re-roll your reserve rolls. Yeah, so, and then on the Vox Disruptor Array, regardless of whether that model is empty or friendly, any attempt to perform a deep strike, assault, drop pot assault, area denial drop, or subterranean assault is disordered on the roll of a 1, 2, or 3 instead of just a 1. Okay. So, if you try to... you feel that it's worth it? No, definitely okay. not. Okay, cool. But I, that's why I, I took it. At the beginning, I was like, hey, nobody can even... Like, I'm going to go to an event. No, <laughs> Nobody's going to be ready for this. Like, you know, if... Uh, like I was playing against powerful Calvin and his uh, his uh, <laughs> uh, blood angels mm-hmm. with their drop pods, you know, it's like yeah, the death storms you brought. Just wipe them, just like you know what, disordered. Nah, they're over here in this side of the table. Yeah, okay. So, but yeah, no, it, the kit it comes with does make either one. Yeah, I do miss the little mechanism that the uh, 40k land raider has, where you open one door and the other door pops up a little bit. Classic, yes. Yeah, Never they, once glued that in, but yeah, classic. Yeah, the the new kit doesn't have room in the hole for that, but it is what it is. Yeah, I don't mind it. Those that kit is so well made. Oh yeah, like it fits like butter together. It's crazy. Yeah, if you put together the Spartan from the other box, then the Land Raider it fits very similarly. Actually, uses a couple of the same sprues. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I've put together a Typhon, a uh, Spartan. Proteus, the not the Cerberus. Yeah, uh, I'm very familiar with these kits at this point. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I do like where the new tanks are going. Like yeah. the, the the kits, just as a model kit, get better and better. They just slide together, bro. Now, as far as the value of the box, uh, the MSRP is like two hundred and ten dollars American. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as a review goes, I don't know what to what to say. I think these things are like gone mm-hmm, mm-hmm. if you want the mark threes and you can pick it up for 210 go for it if you don't want the daredeo somebody will because right now 20 mark threes is 80 bucks right i think so i, I think that's kind of what they put the box at yeah so that's 80 bucks there so you say 40 dollars for another 10 so that's 120 dollars 
And then the, Plus the Land Raider, which is what, like 75, 80? If not 100 at this point. So, but yeah, I would say, let's say 80. So that's 200. And then a Daredeo for another, let's say 70, 80. So yeah, you say about 50 bucks with the box, 50 oh, to 60 yeah. bucks. Yeah. Like I said, if you don't want the Daredeo, somebody will. Yes. Yeah, you don't want the Land Raider, you can probably find somebody who will. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And the, the special weapon upgrade, I'm just counting that as like free bonus. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. That's another like thirty dollars right there. So, so you could kit up, you know, a twenty man squad or two ten man squads, and then have two five man support squads with different weapons. I bet Gupton still has some right now. You might. I know Legacy got one in, and I was able to snatch it. Lucky. <laughs> so, what what events are coming up like here soon? Uh, I haven't really heard anything. I think we're just kind of in downtime. A lot of people are gearing up for Adepticon. Gotcha. I've but, seen a lot of the stuff that Christian's been posting up for Adepticon right now. Yeah, people getting those projects in gear, trying to get them shipped so they can get games in, get play tested, so they know their know their stuff when they travel up there. Man, oh man. There's that. Uh, we also did get the Exemplary Units book. That book did drop. Oh, Really? Yeah, I hear, I've yet to get my hands on it. I hear the Atrementar are not really updated. They drop the points of Lightning Claws a little bit. Aside from that, they're the same exact weapon skill for Terminators. Okay, interesting. With Deep Strike, which is cool, but Sevatar gives them Deep Strike. <laughs> so it just makes your regular Legion Terminators about as effective as the Atrementar. It's just bad. <laughs> just <laughs> really bad Terminators. That's, yeah. A, a lot of people were not pleased with that. Uh, Fulgrim's rules came out. Lovely. Apparently, he changes fundamentally how your Emperor's Children play. Really? You trade your Legion trait and your reaction for a couple things. Uh, whenever they're shot at, there's a chance they become stupefied, which gives them a six-up... Damage mitigation rule that is not feel no pain, but works exactly like feel no pain. Uh, they ignore pinning, blind, and concussive. So and it's like, control. is that supposed to be like they are like enjoying the pain or something like that? Or like, yeah, kind of like them going full debauchery where they're kind of in between their effectiveness as like a legion and then finding their effectiveness as a chaos warband. Okay. So in the books at that point in the siege, they're kind of like, unhinged they're kind of a hot mess right okay so they, they a lot of people say that the rules they get are actually worse instead yeah. of the plus one web, or plus one initiative on the charge after they get shot at once they're done resolving that there's a chance they get feel no pain after they've taken the casualties already oh uh they can get plus one strength and some cool stuff like that but then they can't react and can only fire snapshoots and all their charges are discord disordered that is serious. Punishing. Ain't no, ain't no field of pain worth that. Uh, the advanced reaction lets you take that before the attack. So they declare the attack and say, okay, I'll use my advanced reaction to just have them become stupefied. So they get that same six up feel no pain. That's not feel no pain, but they get a plus two to it. They get a plus two. So it becomes a four up feel no pain. If they're using the reaction during that reaction. Oh, that's significant. Yeah. Especially because you'd be like, oh, well, you're hitting me with a bunch of stuff. Well, let me just go get immune to pinning real quick. I think I would like to be immune to pinning before you start shooting me. Yeah, four up no pain is no joke either. Yeah. Uh, it, it's basically kind of like a new legion, a new set of legion rules for them. Is Fulgrim worth it? 
Uh, I'm still trying to figure that out. Can Fulgrim dice up and slice up like we I all assumed have, he could? I'm still, I've still been looking into it. Uh, mostly, he's mostly what I hear is he's cool, but he's not really worth it on his own. Oh my goodness! Like for him to actively make your legion a little bit worse, he himself is not. It's not the upgrade that Horus gets. Sad. Which, that's a little unfortunate. Stupid linearing blade. Yeah. Uh, they do have a couple new rights of war, but I haven't really looked into them just yet. Uh, one of them lets you take up to five HQs. Not counting Fulgrim, who's your Lord of War, or not your Lord of War, but your Primarch. Okay. Uh, they can only be champions, Eidolon or Lucius. And while Fulgrim's on the board, they get preferred enemy everything, which conveys to their unit. That's extremely good. Yeah, that's wild. Uh, but you lose that on any other type of console. Yeah, that's okay. What do I need anything else for? Throw them all in a drop pod and <laughs> send them home. <laughs> go out there and be somebody. <laughs> go go see your dad. Attach them all to one unit. That's right. Uh, Five-man support squad. That's right. That is now majority weapon skill six. And <laughs> toss them in a drop pod. <laughs> send them into hell. Just, just put them in a five-man command squad. Weapon skill six. Go, baby. And give all the command squad shields and... <laughs> Give them to go meet your dad out there. Uh, the other one is the children of, of the Maraviglia, which force which you bring a allied detachment of auxilia or militia. Uh, your allies gain stubborn within six inches of Emperor's children, who are stubborn themselves, until Fulgrim shows up using the special rule. The stage is set, which is kind of like a, a new alternative deployment they get, where you pick what turn he comes in on. And then on that turn, he just deploys wholly within six inches one of your units and not within an inch of the enemy. And he just shows up, just lights go off, lights go back on, and there he is. Interesting. So you can drop pod in the middle of the table and say, Fulgrim's Uh, here. He can't move. He doesn't have any guns. And he doesn't get anything that lets him charge. Okay. The deep striking lets you charge out of deep strike. This doesn't give you a thing that lets you charge out of reserves. So it defaults to the normal, cannot charge out of reserves. Well. Yeah. What's his move look like? Is it 20 inches? I'm not sure. I know they they showed off his stat line uh, about like a month or so ago on the Warmer community. See a slithery boy? I feel like he be like super fast i would think so i would think he because he's got the wings and he's got the uh the like uh, initiative bump from being slanesh mm-hmm. it's okay yeah yeah just kind of the vibe i get is he's cool he's not like the monster everybody was hoping for yeah and the the changes he does to the legion are not for the better that's sad Poor Fulgrim. Yeah. He deserved better. So so people who already had their Emperor's children geared up and were ready for him to come out so they could add him to the force, he fundamentally changes how your force works. <laughs> it's like, oh, you thought you were ready. Nah. Oh, you thought you were getting your dad. Nah. Nah. Mailman. <laughs> but mm. yeah, so, like that's kind of the, the vibe I'm getting. Is people kind of disappointed that they, they have to tweak stuff now to run him and... 
He comes with a lot of uh, a lot of catches. Bummer town, but it is what it is. Yeah, I was kind of hoping for a little more out of this book, but you know, I guess any attention is good. Yeah, man, that's super exciting. I wonder how long this was in the works. Oh, this was this was in the the actual plan, right? They did say a book was coming. I suppose so. Yeah. Okay. What else is still on the roadmap for for winter? I think the roadmap we're still looking for the the new faction, which people are assuming is going to be Plastic Solar Ox. Okay. Just because they they've been making those for the Legions Imperialis, mm-hmm. and so they've got everything ready to do a a, a twenty eight mil release for it. Big Christmas, big Christmas dump. Hope so. Let's see. So what we still have on deck uh, for winter mystery army release, as well as the plastic assault squad. Ah, yes. Which that's exciting. Um, I'm really hoping that kit comes with backpacks too, like regular backpacks. Doubtful, but okay. It'd be really cool if they did. I don't It'd expect it. Really cool if you did the games workshop. Uh, we still have some more new characters and upgrades planned throughout spring. And also in spring in plastic, we're getting the melee weapons upgrade. And a Legion Command Squad. Nice. So that's still on deck for the roadmap. And we'll see if they they get any other roadmap to us after that. But I've been presently pleased with what they've been putting out as far as like the, the kits. Absolutely, man. Their kits are beautiful. Yeah, the, the quality of kits I think is getting nuts. Yeah, uh, having everything like pre-designed in 3D, you know, a lot of people kind of shit on them for, you know, seeing mold lines and stuff like that. Like, obviously taking advantage of 3D modeling and turning that over. Their kits have gotten significantly better. Yeah, I haven't seen any, like, striations on these. No, no. I I don't think they do that for... Some of the resin stuff, like that Exodus has got some bad striations on it. Yeah, no, definitely. Definitely the resin stuff, none, none of the new plastic injection molded stuff I've seen. So, but you can tell, like, if you do not follow the instructions, you could find yourself in a bind real quick. That is another. Uh, I'm glad they learned to put pieces, like, numerically next to each other. Yes, that's a big so, deal. So, piece one, two, three, and four puts together the first guy's torso and legs. Yeah, And definitely. they're located very near each other on the sprue. Yeah, they were going full blown to me at one point. Full blown uh, gunpla, yeah, <laughs> just go, throwing go, stuff off. Yeah, go pick and hunt these parts that are numbered way non sequentially, <laughs> and those are the only ones that go together. Don't cut them out in any order, especially if you're like me and have played since high school, where it was just oh, clip out a pair of legs that looks cool, clip out a torso that looks cool, glue them together. That's right. Uh, that will get you trying to do this. Uh, uh. Yeah. Thankfully, they at least made it more intuitive. Because a couple of those kits were just terrible for that. Definitely. Yeah, all in all, I give the box a big thumbs up. Uh, if you're interested in it and you can find it, it's worth the MSRP. I don't know how much more than that I'd pay. Zero to ten, what's your score? I give it an eight. Solid eight. Solid eight. If the Land Raider was gone and it was fifty dollars cheaper, I'd still say solid eight. Oh, solid, still solid eight. Okay. All right. Well, cool, man. Well. Uh, the only, the only other thing I think they could do is like the Mark Six box, the the Age of Darkness box. What three hundred bucks mm-hmm. for forty Marines, ten Terminators, Spartan, Contemptor, two characters. Right. Uh, I'd have liked to have seen like a character in the box. 
Oh, I gotcha. This feels like you're supposed to buy the Age of Darkness box and this box and have like a full blown force. Pretty much. Makes sense. Which, you know, that'd be what, $510 plus, I guess, another 100 bucks for rules? Yeah. 600 bucks gets you a good chunk of stuff. A healthy chunk Except of stuff. Except for the fact that they're not making any more of this box. Uh, if you want this stuff, please look forward to them releasing it separately. Good gracious. Yeah. The the orders for this sold out online. Uh, the Our local store was only able to get in one copy. Uh, from what I hear, this box was a limited thing. They made exactly as many as they need to get their money back on the molds. And James Workshop says, LOL, good luck, guys. <laughs> All right, those will be available when we're done producing Legions Imperialis. <laughs> Have fun. Kiss, kiss. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, if, if, you, if you can get it, go for it. I think it's a good box. Well, all right, man. Uh, that is all I have. That's, that's what I got. That's where I've been. So hopefully I have some more hobby progress. I think this week I'll actually be painting quite a bit more. I am finally looking forward to being back at my desk. Uh, I might search out for some of these Mark, new Mark III Marines just to put them together and... Uh, Give them those chest decals they deserve. Hell yeah. I, they they want it. They're hungry for it. Uh, I got. Hopefully I'll get some of this knocked out for Death Guard. I might need to t- talk to some folks that are good with the uh, theory crafting lists and see if, see if I'm in the right kind of area I want to be in with my new project. Yeah, throw it on TTS. Hell yeah. That's the answer. So. All right, guys. Uh, thanks for listening. We'll catch you later.